Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into a brand new edition of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. Mark Shanowski, Tim Kelly standing by in our beautiful Sriracha studios here in Palatine, Illinois. Stacy is joining us from his home, and uh, we're kind of in the middle of a lot of different seasons that are passing by, Tim. Uh, we've got Summer League wrapped up for the Bulls. Uh, NFL training camps are open. we got the British Open this week. Baseball's going strong, and everybody's kind of waiting for the next big thing you know, to happen in sports. Which LeBron's gonna probably tell us this week. <laughs> hey, we're lucky. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just we're all just lucky that today's not the day he's retiring. We are that, that's lucky. what he said in the ESPYs, right? Stace, you enjoyed that speech, yeah. didn't you? The most humble man you know on the what? planet, LeBron James. Listen, man, <laughs> LeBron just makes it so hard not to like him. You know, I mean, the, some of the stuff that he says is like so cringy, and yeah. it's like you don't have to go that route to prove your greatness. You know, that that ESPY award, I keep going back to that ESPY award where, listen, you want to give him a lifetime achievement award for, you know, his his great career and all that. I'm all for that. You know, bring the family up there. That was a really cool moment, you know. But th- then you just kind of just do a wet blanket on the moment by saying, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back. It was like the decision, too. I'm right. going to take my talents to South Beach. I'm going to stay in L.A. and play another year, which we already knew. Because you've already made it clear that you want to play with your son. So um, he just makes it hard. You, you just don't hear the great players doing those those kind of things, drawing more attention to themselves. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they work out this year. You know, they, they really upgraded their roster, Mark. Um, they got a good team. They got a really good team, better than I think they had last year. Um, but I don't still don't think they have enough to uh, dethrone uh, the Denver Nuggets. I just don't. Yeah, when you look at what the Lakers have done in free agency this year, they they stole Gabe Vincent, who was outstanding in the yes. season playoffs. They get him at a decent rate in the mid-level exception. Then they bring in guys on the minimum contracts, guys like Jackson Hayes, an intriguing young pivot man. You got Cam Reddish, a forward who's bounced around a little bit, but everyone knows he's got great physical talent. They pick up uh, Torian Prince, a veteran wing guy. That's going to be a team that is going to challenge Denver and Phoenix in the West, don't you think, Stace? 
Yeah, I think, you know, Denver, Denver's done well throughout the draft. They do a good job of, of drafting guys and developing guys. They got some pretty good picks this year. They played well in the the pre in the in the summer league. Um, they're gonna be hurt by losing, you know, Bruce Brown. That was a huge loss for them because he's a guy that's a jack of all trades. He can play three or four positions. You can plug him in anywhere. Uh, Jeff Green, the savvy veteran, comes in, plays the stretch four position, can knock down threes, uh, rebound the basketball for you, gives you experience. He doesn't have to play a lot of minutes to be effective. You know, losing those two guys are really, really huge. But they've got a, you know, Christian Christian Brown's going to probably play a lot more, did a great job in the playoffs. So I expect his minutes to go up. So, if they can stay healthy, because, you know, that's always big when you're trying to repeat, is to stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, they got a shot to repeat. And we look at what's going on in Phoenix. Of course, they made the big news early in the offseason by acquiring Bradley Beal. And then we thought, well, how are they going to fill out the roster? They're, they've got the four huge contracts. All they have left is minimum contracts. Just uh, reading down the list of some of the guys they added at bargain discount rates. They brought back Damian Lee and Josh Okogie, a couple of wing guys who can play for them. They got Jordan Goodwin from the Washington Wizards, Drew Eubanks, a big man. And then just this week, they brought in Bull Bull on a minimum contract. And Bull Bull, Stacey, at times looked really good with the Magic. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping that we would be have to find a way to, to, to bring him into Chicago. Um, you know, when you start looking at, um, you know, Wimbiana and, and, you know, the kid in Oklahoma City, you know, Chet, he Hulk does right the same now. thing as those guys. You know, he does the same thing those guys do. And he's been playing in the league longer. Uh, he's, he's, he's not established, but when he's getting minutes, he's doing the very same things that you rave about from these other seven foot three, four guys. Um, he's got good skills. He, he can play the three, play stretch four. I still... I just – I don't know, man. I mean, Phoenix doesn't scare you. They got a lot of scoring, but, you know, who's going to defend? And you don't know what they're going to do with Aiton. You don't know what his mindset is going to be, you know, playing with those guys. You know, uh, he's going to see a lot of single single double, double coverages. And and is he strong enough? Is he strong enough to, to play against, you know, Jokic? I mean, that – you're gearing up for Jokic for the next three years. I don't care what anybody says. You're gearing up for Denver and what they're doing. Their core group, Mark, is going to be there for the next three or four years. And Jokic is a big part of what they do. Jamal Murray, and I've said this about Jamal when he went down. When he's healthy, he's a great complement to Joker. He is. Inside, outside, great pick and roll, in and out, dart dribbles. Uh, hits big shots, loves big shots. I mean, that's the team you're going to look for in the West. They could be a San Antonio. You know, have San Antonio win a championship. They don't win another one for like three or four years. They win another one in three years. They could go that route, you know, because it, you've seen it that way. It's hard to repeat in this league. It's hard. You know, it's hard to three-peat. There's only a few teams do it, you know. Um, but I, I expect Denver to be there for – for at least three or four years. We always appreciate all the people who are following us during our live uh, taping of the podcast on our YouTube channel. And one of the chat members, Ben Feldman, asks, if these players stay healthy, Stacy, who's going to have the better career, Chet Holmgren or Victor Wembanyama? Ooh, I tell you what. Chet Holmgren in the summer league showed me something. 
Yeah. Like he's, he's a guy not only can play like a small player, but he plays big too, even though he doesn't have the body size. Like he's not afraid to bang. He's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. He's not afraid to go block shots. He is a, he is a legit rim protector. And he's on the offensive end. He is a legit threat to take you off the dribble. He's a legit threat to shoot the three. He's a legit threat to roll, dive to the basket, and dunk the basketball. So he, at all levels, as young as he is, and him missing all of last year, you know, he, he is going to be a problem for people this year. Oklahoma City might be the team that no one's talking about that might sneak up and catch some people off guard. And, you know, with SGA, who had a breakout season this year, don't sleep on them and don't sleep on Minnesota. Minnesota is a team you need to worry about, too, if you're in the Western Conference. No one's talking about them. But as far as the longevity to his question, who's going to have the best career, I I think they're going to be parallel. I I think they're going to be, you know, it's going to be up and down. I I think, you know, Victor has the – he's in an organization with a coach that's going to get the most out of them. You, You already know. They're already talking about load management with him. You know, he's 19 years old. They're talking about, they're talking about load management. How, how insane is that? But listen, it worked for them. It worked for Tim Duncan. You know, it's worked for the Spurs in general. They were the ones who kind of started this. And, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna really watch his minutes because they know he's not physically ready. He's physically gifted. But he's the strength of the NBA, when he said that overseas basketball is, is a lot – more tougher than the NBA. Oh, brother. Hey, man, you were just playing in the summer league, bro. Like, don't don't think that that's how the NBA is. You know, you're playing against rookies and free agents and guys, you know, three or four years out the league that are trying to make the league. When you when that October rolls around and it's the training camp and it's the regular season start, you're going to see how difficult it is because he faced no one in that summer league like Joker or Carl Anthony Towns, or LeBron. He, he's faced none of those kind of guys. So he's going to go from like playing with a bunch of Hyundais to playing <laughs> with Ferraris and, and you know, uh, Sprinter buses and all these, these big-time players. The business of basketball is pretty much winding down for this offseason. We're still waiting to see when Damian Lillard gets traded to Miami and what kind of package Portland gets back. We're still waiting to see if James Harden gets his wish and gets traded to the L.A. Clippers. Uh, their general manager said that they're not going to move him unless they get a good return, a, guy, you know, a package that can keep them as a contender because now they're afraid, Stacy, with some of the comments that Joel Embiid made in a recent interview, kind of cryptic about he wants to win a championship, whether it's Philadelphia or somewhere else. Well, what's happening right now is is the star players are dictating where they want to go. And the NBA and the owners are going to have to get control. Because, listen, if I'm if, if you're Portland and Damian Lillard's given you all these years, he wanted to stay there. That They paid him every single time it was time for his contract. They gave him max dollars. He wanted to stay there. Now, <clears throat> his idea of staying there was – is if you're going to build a team that I can compete. They had a team that competed. I think they went to the Western Conference Finals once in the last, like, four years with him. They had a team. And what they should have did was they had the formula of that team who got to the Western Conference Finals 
that all they had to do was tinker with a couple of pieces and maybe you have a championship team. You know, you had C.J. McCollum, who's, a, who's one of the best two, two-way guards in the league. He was on your roster. You got rid of him. So, you know, you can see Damon Lillard being upset about it, but at the same time, this is a business. I can't just give you away for a bag of, you know, Doritos. Right. Like, it just doesn't work that way. We, if we give our marquee player away, we may not get equal value for what he's worth because he's an aging star with 35, I think. But we got to get something that helps our franchise too. We want to help you, Dane. We want to help you. We want to send you where you want to go. But if Miami doesn't have the pieces that we want that can help us, uh, you know, fill holes that, that you have left for us, because you lose a guy like that, that's like losing, you know, that's like losing three superstars. You know, if you, you might not ever recover from that. It may take you 10 years to get your, your franchise back to where it's competitive. So you got to do what's best for the organization. Yeah, you want to help Dame out. You want to send him to Miami. But Miami has no pieces. So you got to look for a team that you can partner with, whether it's a three-team trade that you get other players involved, or I got to go somewhere else and say, Dame, look, this, this guy's close to winning a championship. Uh, this team is close to winning a championship. How about we send you there? They got more assets. Yeah, it's a cold weather. You're not going to be able to walk around in shorts and flip-flops all day. But, hey, the, the object is not to be walking around, you know, in Miami in December with, with uh, flip-flops and shorts on. The object is to win a championship. And then when the championship's over, you can go anywhere in the world and walk around in flip-flops and shorts. Yeah, the Bulls were subject uh, to the NBA rumor mill earlier this week. <clears throat> there was a report out of Los Angeles, Dan Wojcicki, who covers the team, he's a beat writer for one of the LA papers, said that the Bulls have emerged as a threat to sign Christian Wood. Now, Christian Wood is a guy who's been on seven teams in eight years. He has a reputation of, of being kind of uh, a guy that doesn't really focus in on his job. He's got tremendous physical talent, but he doesn't always pay attention to what the coach is saying and the game plan and the defensive concepts and all the rest of it. So he's bounced from team to team, but he's a guy 6'10". He can play the four and the five. He's a career 38% three-point shooter. The Bulls have that $10.2 million disabled player exception that they got from uh, the league because of the Lonzo Ball injury situation. But if they would offer a big chunk of that to Christian Wood, Stacy, that would put them into the luxury tax. What do you think about the possibility of Christian Wood coming to the Bulls? You know what? I like Christian Wood. I think he could be a good addition. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. I mean, it's not my money. I mean, right. you know, of course, me, I'm going to try to build a winning. I'm going to put a winner out there, but it's not my money. And you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? You know, is it worth going over the salary? If you're going to go over the salary cap, I want to go over the salary cap to a guy that I think who's younger, a guy that like the P.J. Washington kid. You know, I know he's restricted, I think, with yeah, uh, Charlotte, with Charlotte. can match any offer. For, yeah, Charlotte for can Washington. match, but they just they just signed Miles, you know, Miles Bridges. Right, and they just gave they just gave uh, Lamelo Ball that big contract. So, and they got new owners. They may not want to spend that. So, you know, maybe you try to find a way to to swing that deal because I'd rather have PJ Brown as far as talent wise. You know what you're going to get out of PJ Brown? He's a stretch. No, no, you don't want PJ Brown. He's 50 years old. You want PJ Washington? Brown. <laughs> Way to go, Mark! Way I, to come in. I got to backstop you, my friend. You know. Yeah.
I I I rather t- I t- I take PJ because the fact that he can shoot the ball, he can he's a stretch four, he's going to rebound, he plays defense, he always torched us. Like when we, I remember the first time I saw him after he came from Kentucky. Um, uh, I was like, they said he only shot like five three pointers or something in college, and then he like shot six and knocked down five or something against us. And every game, I kept seeing this kid, and he just he was always open. And he was knocking down threes. And I'm like, wow. So I've watched his career and I've watched how he's developed into a, a kind of a, a stretch, you know, four, four, can play a little three in a bigger lineup, but he can shoot the basketball. He can rebound. He can put it on the floor. I thought he did a little bit of what Miles Bridges was doing for them when Miles was there, you know, because Miles wasn't there. So he got all the minutes and he got a chance to show that, hey, I'm, I'm not that bad. I may not be the athlete that Miles Bridges is, but I can do some of the same things. And I, I, I think he would be a good pickup. Yeah, he'd be tougher to if get. If you could afford him. He'd be tough if you to could get. afford him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he'd be tough to get. But with the Wood thing, you know, you look at the Bulls roster. You got Vooch and you got Andre Drummond as your centers. But at that power forward spot, really nobody fits the mold of a power forward. Patrick Williams is playing that spot, but he he feel more comfortable on the wing. You know, they just drafted the Jordan Phillips kid, but he's only 6'7", and he's only 19 years old. Torrey Craig, the free agent brought in, is 6'7". I think Christian Wood would give them something they don't have, Stacey, a, a stretch five who could who could bring bring the defense out and could also play some power forward alongside of Vooch. Yeah, you know, I mean, Wood, I remember Wood in Detroit. That's where he got the contract. You know, and then they traded him. Well, then they trade no. They traded him to Houston. He got the contract, and he he really played well in spurts. And I said, okay, this kid is really good. I, I saw him in Detroit when he was in Detroit, and I thought he was a good young player. And I, you know, you know, he dunks everything around the rim, runs the floor, and then once he got the contract, he kind of like I've arrived per se, and it just it wasn't the same kind of hunger and the same kind of attitude. To, to be better. And then he's got, once you get a bad reputation in the NBA, Mark, whether it's warranted or not, it sticks with you. You know, if you're a guy that doesn't work hard in practice, it sticks with you. If you're a guy who argues with the coach in the front office and you're constantly a bad teammate, it sticks with you. I go to that Andre Drummond. He did an interview, I think, with some kids early in the summer. And he was talking about, you know, you know, coming off the bench and the attitude that you have to have when you expect to play minutes and you don't get them. You have to be a good teammate. You have to be a good person. You got to cheer for your teammates when you're on the bench and let them know you got their back. If I'm sitting over there pouting and, and you know, worrying about my minutes and not focus on what we're doing as a team, I don't help the team. And a lot of guys don't have that attitude. You know, it, this is a league where you know, you're seeing guys getting $100, $200 million, and that sticks out to these guys. They're playing for that. They're not playing – you look at Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves was a walk-on, basically. He came, you know, he went through the their, the the Lakers G League, played through that, got a two-way contract, then signed, and now look at him. I mean, he just signed a $50 million deal. Jalen Brunson, a, se- a second-round pick. Jalen Brunson, second-round pick. I think maybe 30 to 40, yeah. second-round pick. Parlayed that into a $200 million contract. Like, if you handle your business and you work hard, good things happen. Be a good teammate. Come to work on time. Uh, open your mind to, to do different things. If your coach wants you to do this, do it. 
I don't say I, I, I don't play that position. That's not my game. Do what the coach asks. Play, and your the ultimate goal is winning. If you win and the team wins, everybody's going to prosper. Well, you know, Stacey, the whole restricted free agency thing can be kind of tough because a lot of times guys don't get substantial offers because teams that are making that offer tie their money up for a couple of days when they know that the uh, the team the guy's coming from can always match the contract offer. And I, I think that that's a situation that we see with P.J. Washington and also with Ayo Desumu, who the Bulls made the $5 million qualifying offer. He and his agent went out in the marketplace looking for a better deal, a long-term deal with more you know, financial stability, and they haven't been able to find it. Uh, what, do you, what is your take on what's going on with Ayo, and do you think he'll be back in a Bulls uniform next season? Well, Ayo is a good player. He's a good player. Does he have to work on some things? Yeah, he does. He's a big guard. He can play either position. I, I think, honestly, he's more of a combo guard. You know, you like to label guys. Is he a point? Is he a two? Okay. When he's not either one of them, if he doesn't really play either one of those positions like excellent, then he's a combo guard because he can play some points sometimes and he can play two guard. If he would focus, if if Io would focus and they would put him in this role where he's a defensive stopper, where he's a guy that comes up and turns up the heat, full court pressure, you know, guard bigger guys, you know, and he does these things. He gets through screens. Um, and then Focus this summer. This summer should have been focused just on shooting, you know, because we, we we talk about Kobe's Kobe White's ball handling coach. Man, if any of those young guards were on that bench and saw Kobe the last two or three years and seen where he's how he's gotten better with his ball handling, you should have made a phone call. Uh, uh, whatever his name is, I don't I don't remember his name, but they should have called him and stand in that gym and take thousands of jump shots, thousands of jump shots. Every day from the corner, from the top to the point where when you walk in the gym, it doesn't matter where you're standing. You know that I can get this shot and I'm going to knock it down. He needed to really refocus on his shooting and not lose confidence because confidence. There's some players, Mark, that come in his league super confident and they, they play for a coach that allows them to have that confidence. There's other kids who come in the league. They have confidence. His first year, he had a chip on his shoulder. His first year, he wanted to let everybody know, I should have been a first-round pick. That's how he played the whole year. He went after every player that was drafted in front of him, from Cade Cunningham all the way down. He had great games against those. Second year, comes back, he doesn't have that same kind of, that same kind of, that fire that he has. That's something you have to keep in your belly the whole time you're in this league. You have to keep that fire. You got to look up there and count all those guys who were drafted, 37 or how many people were drafted in front of them. That's your motivation every single day you wake up. And if you're Billy Donovan, that's what you need to be telling them every day. Your motivation, I.O., is that you there's 37 guys that pick in front of you. That's something you have to – that's something that has to motivate you every single day because motivation sometimes can only get you so far. But sometimes you have to create motivation, a la Michael Jordan. Oh, I got cut off my my junior high team, high school team. That motivated me to be the greatest player. You got to do those kind of things. You got to do those kind of things to give you that little extra boost. I think Io could be, uh, you know, a Marcus Smart type player. You know, guy that comes in, uh, plays tough defense, runs your offense, tough minded, can hit some shots when he's open. 
Um, I think he can be that type of player. And I think he's going to be a good player in this league. I like him. I love his attitude. He, he, he's going to be, he's going to be very important to a team that likes to push the pace. Because if you watch his games, when he's in the open court, he's one of the best on this team besides Zach that just gets to where he wants to go and he's able to get to the rim and finish. So he's much better in an open floor, up-tempo game. So, you know, I hope they bring him back because I love the kid, um, but I don't make those decisions. Yeah, because as you know, Stacey, it's always a numbers game in the NBA. When you look at their depth chart, you know, you've got Zach Levine, Javon Carter, Kobe White, Alex Caruso. They'd all be ahead of Io going into camp. And then you look at, They've still got the G League MVP, Carleek Jones, on a non-guaranteed contract. And you got Javon Freeman-Liberty, who turned a lot of heads by averaging 21 points in the Summer League. So you got all these guards. Uh, AK and Mark Eversley might be sitting looking at their whiteboard in, in their offices going, hey, we don't have room for Iowa anymore. Well, that's what it seems like. And, and you know, right now, if you, if you look on paper – you know, you if you do add I.O., you are a very small basketball team again. You're going to be playing a lot of small ball. And that doesn't – that works sometimes, but it's not going to work in an 82-game season. You're going to need – you're going to need to play big some games. You're going to – when the Denver Nuggets roll in, you can't play small ball against that team. When Giannis and Milwaukee rolls in, now they got both Lopez brothers. You, you can't come in and play small ball against that team. You can play small ball against, you know, against teams like Miami, but even Boston. You look at your top teams, MB. You're going to have to roll some big dudes out there to guard these guys or you're going to be giving up 50 pieces. Well, last thing I want to cover before we move on to some football talk is I don't know if, you, Stacey, have you seen some of the win totals that have been coming down from the Las Vegas sportsbooks? I saw 37-and-a-half, 36-and-a-half for the Bulls. I mean, I'm not a gambler, but – I would love to, to put the over on that. I think the Bulls are a lot yeah. to win at least 40 games. Let me tell you something. First of all, like I would go over, I would go on the over on that too. Okay. And the reason why I would, because, you know, one, this team has, this team's going to have to have some pride about itself. They know after the second half of the year, the way they turn their season around, once Patrick Beverly got here and they were able to turn it, they were one of the hottest teams in the league in the second half. If you would have played that way in the beginning, you wouldn't have found yourself in a playing game. You wouldn't have found yourself in the bottom half of the playoffs. You would have probably been up there in the top five if you would have played that way. So the key for this team this year, you got three all-stars, two all-stars and one former all-star in Vooch, Damar, and Zach. That right there, that that threesome right there, and if you're Billy Donovan, you're bringing these guys in, and you're sitting them down, and you, the first thing you're going to say is, there's no reason why we can't win 50 games with you three guys. No way. Without Zoe, you three guys, we should be able to get 50 games. How that's going to happen is your leadership, okay? Your leadership to come in every day in practice and give a legit effort every single day on the defensive end. You guys this year have to tighten up your defense. In order for us to get out of the play-ins and AC, you three guys can't let your guys kill you. You've got to give me a consistent effort defensively. And if you can do that and buy into team defense and where you're supposed to be on rotations, if you can do that, we got a shot to do something special. But it starts with those three. 
And then the rest of the team, you got Kobe, you got Patrick Williams, uh, Javon Carter, who's who's underrated. I think people don't know how good this kid is, and you're going to see how good he is this year. Defensively, his shooting, his toughness. It's Patrick Beverly, but younger, okay, and a better shooter. So that's what he's going to bring. Torrey Craig, people may not be excited about Torrey Craig. Oh, we could have got somebody else. We could have got Torrey Craig has is, is annually been one of the best 3 and D players in the league. He, I mean, there's a reason why Phoenix went back and got him and brought him back because they knew they needed that kind of guy to go up against these teams in the Western Conference. The guy can defend. He played on Denver. He can, he can defend. He can shoot the three ball. He's physical. You, I've heard DeMar DeRozan say that's the one guy he doesn't like guarding right. him. Yeah. And for, for an all-star caliber player to say that, and one thing I like about DeMar, he gives people their flowers. You know, these are not – he doesn't say, oh, nobody can guard me. When I'm on, nobody can stop me. He flat out said that this is the one guy he hates playing against. Now I'm glad he's on my team. So you put that guy out there with defensively. you got Caruso defensively out there who's a lockdown defender. And Javon Carter, those three guys playing. And then you get your star players, Booch. Zach and DeMar giving you effort defensively. You got a shot to be pretty good. Whispers, why would you bet that? It's, say it's 37 and a half for Bulls win total. Definitely over. I think you could yeah. throw some other things on top of that and clean up on the Bulls. It's really interesting how Vegas sets these lines. You know, some of them are sucker bets, you know, where they get people to come in and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, just based on reputation or, or superstars. But at that Bulls total, it really seems low. Yeah, and not most Yeah, that's real low. The Bears are also dead last with only six. Yeah, we're going to talk more about the so. Bears. They're, they report to training camp next Tuesday. We'll discuss what's Ooh. going on with Justin Fields and the start of training camp in Lake Forest. But before we do that, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, our buddy Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our friend, nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And you heard Stacy clear in his throat because it is time. It is time for the Golden Pipes and the best jingle in the business. Nationwide is on your side. Someone's feeling better. Stacy is feeling better. The Golden Pipes. The Golden Pipes are in great shape, and we're hoping. Hey, seriously, no, Mark. The Golden, the Golden, hey, Mark. Seriously, the Golden Pipes were a little rusty. Yeah. Um. You know, I got a little, little, little congestion in there, but you see, I switched it up. I went with a high note, and I came <laughs> down with the with the berry white. That's right. <laughs> the great performers always know how to make it work. Well, did you see that he got cleared out right. that phlegm with a quick shot of Scotty Pippen's digits? Oh, oh. That's probably why my throat's messed up now. That's probably my throat is because he burnt my he burnt my vocal cords with that the digits. It should have put it should be Scotty Pippen 911 because that's what you're gonna need to call if you drink it. We're gonna take a little break here. Coming up next, we're gonna chat some Bears football as they get ready to report to training camp as episode 138 of Gimme the Hot Sauce rolls on. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. 
We are back, episode 138 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. I had a chance to talk with a, a Bulls super fan yesterday, Jimmy from uh, England. On his, he's at oh, UK yeah. Chicago <laughs> Bulls. And he was here uh, in, back in December. He went to like three yeah. Bulls games and one Windy City game. He's just a really interesting guy. We talked all about the Bulls and his trip, and, and he said it was a, it was a life long achievement to be able to get to do that trip and he said that he wants to come back but he promised his girlfriend that he would take uh she she wants to go to uganda and check out some of the sites some some of the nature things so he said he's got to do that first so i said hey you gotta you gotta keep the woman happy in your life yeah keep happy home (laughs) off to uganda (laughs) that's right and then he's hoping to get back to chicago but one of the things he said during the podcast he, he gave you a shout out whispers he said that you're christopher walken impersonation always always hits home for him he always gets a kick out of it yeah that's nice that's nice well you know <laughs> you know they don't get a chance to see christopher walking over there a lot i think they've seen one movie so i think that's why he thinks, <laughs> i think that's why he thinks tim's impersonation is awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's just joe dirt that they get over there <laughs> oh my god hey we no, sh- it, it really is it's really good tim it's yeah, we had a chance to talk uh, with the good folks at Jewel. You can now pick up uh, the hot sauce at, in your neighborhood Jewel Osco store. Yes. And, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that uh, Christopher Walken might have to make an appearance as well for the tasting. That's right. It won't be Stacy alone giving out autographs. I'll be there for a picture or two, maybe a song and dance as well. So look for, uh, you know, information about uh, Stacy appearing at a local Jewel Osco near you. Uh, want to spread the word about how good this, the hot sauce is. Yeah, tell them, Stace, about the tastings we're going to do with all the sauces. Yeah, we, you know, we met with, you know, met with Jewel today and uh, we came up with some different ideas. Uh, we're going to have a meet and greet where, you know, we'll be signing autographs of the hot sauce that people buy in store. And then on the other side, we'll have a table set up for people who have never tasted it. We'll have an opportunity to taste the, taste the flavors that we bring and they can taste it. And if they like it, go grab it, which I know they will. So you might as well just go away and buy the bottle. And then on your way out, just grab a chip and eat it too. And uh, go on out the door. And whispers for folks who don't live in the Chicagoland area, like our guy Jimmy out, out in England, how can he get a bottle of hot sauce? Just go to gimmethehotsauce.com. And use a code King21 for 21% off your first order. Or you can use Walkin' Q or Walkin' Fire to get a free bottle with any order. So is the accent on Foo or Fighters? It's on Fighters. <laughs> Ooh, Fighters. Archie, Archie. <laughs> hey, we're, we're kind of flipping the calendar now. We mentioned Summer League is over. Most of the free agent business is done, and it's time for football to take center stage. Of course, the NFL is king when it, term, it comes to uh, American sports. Everybody loves the NFL. First couple of teams have reported. Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets are going to be playing right away, featured in a national telecast at the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. And the Bears, they report to Hallis Hall on Tuesday the 25th. Their first practice will be on the 26th. And, Stacy, one thing I found interesting, Justin Fields was on a podcast earlier this week, and he was – he was asked about the fact that Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer in the history of the franchise. And he, they asked him, do you think you can do it? And he goes, sure, I can do it. I can do it this year. 
You like that confidence in your starting quarterback. This has not been a team known for passing, but you bring in DJ Moore. You've got more depth at the tight end position with Robert Tunyon coming in. They're going to have a pretty versatile offense. It won't be just Justin Fields running for his life all the time this season. Well, that, that sounded kind of sound like D Rose when he said, you know, why can't I be the MVP? Right. And then he went out for the MVP. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the start of legacies right there. And that kid believes in himself. He, he's done it before at the college level, high school level. So, you know, why wouldn't he have that attitude? And he's got a, a plethora of, of weapons to throw. You know, a lot of people don't expect a lot from this team this year, you know, but I just have a feeling they're going to surprise a lot of mm-hmm. people. You know, because the the objection right now should be the objective should be win the division or or be better than we were. Don't be bottom last. No, because they're better than that. There's only there's only a Detroit Lions is really to me the team to beat. You know, in that division, right? Minnesota's going to you know losing losing their running back. Uh, you know that's a big blow. Kurt Kurt Cousins has been solid in that in that division, but. You know, how many weapons he's got other than Justin Jefferson? You know, I mean, you can double him. It's still it's hard to double him. He's still going to get his, his stuff off. But, you know, Green Bay, is, is, is Love ready to take over? Jordan Love, is he ready to be the man? Those are some huge shoes to fill. And the one thing you go back to Green Bay when Brett Favre was there, you know, those were some huge shoes to fill for Rodgers. But he walked out there. You had a great coach. You got a great offensive coordinator. Put him in position to succeed. And what happens? The rest is history. Hall of Fame. So it's the same way with Justin Fields. He's out there. He's shown you he's dynamic. He's shown you he's able to make plays with his feet. Now he's got receivers. They're, they're surrounding him with talented receivers. So now you put in, give him a little time. He keeps his eyes up the field. Maybe he doesn't have to run as much. Now he's running, looking downfield. Those 50-yard bomb to somebody for a wide-open touchdown because the receiver got open. He also still can run and put your defense at risk. So it's not like you can double any of those receivers outside to try to take somebody away because that means you take somebody away from the middle of the field. That means linebackers have to stay home. That means the whole defense is, is basically compromised. So I expect a big year out of Justin. And I think the defense is going to be a lot better this year too. They brought in Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, veteran guys, very productive linebackers. And then the talk of some of the mini camps in the offseason work, their second round draft pick out of Miami, a kid named Tyreek Stevenson's got good size as a corner. They think that he's going to be a real impact player on the defense. And, and as you know, Stacy, if you've got guys that can, can cover on the back end, you can make a lot of big plays on the defense and maybe set your offense up for some easy scoring opportunities. Well, you know what? You, whenever you get those those Miami defensive backs, yeah. you know they've always yeah. had a history of really having good DBs. And so, you know, from what I what I've read about the kid, you know, he really loves to play. He's a student of the game. You know, he wants to be great. You know, he's not out there. You know, I'm trying to be all saucy. He, he wants to be great, and he's got an opportunity. He may start off in a nickel situation, but I, I can see him quickly moving to a starter. Yeah, the one area that they probably need to address, they don't really have that veteran edge pass rusher. There's a couple of guys still out there that they might be able to pursue, and it's not unheard of for a team to report to training camp and maybe add a guy before the first preseason game. The Bears still have money to spend under the cap, so they could be a team that still makes a move to get a pass rusher, which would really kind of complete that defensive unit. Well, and, and you know in the NFL is a little bit different than, than the NBA. 
some big name could get cut. Right. You know, yeah. that, that you can get on the cheap and bring them in and, and help you on that department. Because everybody needs a pass rusher. If you, if you don't got I mean, that's a premium position on the defensive end is to get you an edge rusher. Um, so, but you know how it is, you know, you'll see some guy that's an all pro guy, all of a sudden the numbers don't work and they decide to go with a younger guy. Next thing you know, guys wait. So, you know, you just gotta, or you might find a, a, um, you know, a needle in the haystack watching preseason games. Cause I'm sure the bears have people watching all games, you know, picking up guys that may be, you know, released or some guys they may be able to get down the road. If someone's on a practice squad, they know that player. So you never know. You might be able to find a little diamond in the rough somewhere. Yeah, we mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers with his new team, the New York Jets. I was watching uh, some of the coverage on ESPN. They showed him arriving at camp last year where he looked like Nick Cage. Remember he had the, he had oh, yeah. the uh, <laughs> T-shirt and oh, yeah. the long hair. And yeah. He looked like a, coming off right the, from the Con Air set. Now he showed up. He looked like the, uh, the massage therapist off of uh, – Couples retreat. Did you ever see couples retreat? And he and he goes, oh, 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 big muscles, big muscles. And he always wore the speedo. Right. That's what he looked. I was watching that movie the other night. I go, there's Aaron Rodgers. What was that Frank Azaria? No, it Frank Azaria was in in the other movie. Oh yeah, yeah, the, uh, uh, with Ben Stiller. The woman, his wife, cheated on him on the honeymoon. Life is like yeah, a hippopotamus. Yeah, that, yeah, that one. And he was yeah, and he was walking on the beach with no clothes on, and he he walks over <laughs> Ben Stiller, and his junk's in his face. And uh, he says, hey, I'm on the boat out there. If you want to go scuba diving. And he's like, no, we're good. Uh, and then she goes, no, let's go to scuba diving. So he lets her go. He goes, I don't think I want to go. I'm scared of the water or whatever. So he lets his wife, Deborah Messer, I think that's her name. Yeah, he lets yeah. her go on the boat with this, with Hank. And so she wasn't coming back fast enough. So he went to go get her. And he walks in on her. And the scuba diver is all just doing the business, baby. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know. Oh, Back to Rodgers, the uh, the AFC is loaded. There's so many good quarterbacks, so many good teams. The Jets kind of went for this all-or-nothing approach, bringing in a 39-year-old quarterback. Do you think the Jets will even make the playoffs this year, Stacey? Hell yeah. You do? Hell okay. yeah. Okay, because, you know, they're they're in a division with Miami, New England, um, you know, that, that division. Buffalo, huh? Josh Allen. Buffalo. Well, Buffalo's, Buffalo's the, the, the main team. Yeah. And I, you got to say Miami, based off of last year, they're the two top teams. Right. Okay. So now it's New York and you got, you know, you got New England. New England is still trying to figure out is, you know, is their quarterback situation settled? You know, is Mac Jones the, the guy? Um, their defense took a hit. They upgraded this year. They thought they were going to get. Um, they thought they were going to get the receiver uh, from uh, from uh, Phoenix, uh, not Devontae Adams, but what's Hopkins, the other one, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, with the big hands. Yeah, he went to Tennessee. They thought they were going to get him. He threw a curveball when he went to Tennessee. Yeah. It's like, oh man. So you know, but the Jets, their defense was nasty last year, and they had a nice rusher, the Bryce Hall kid. Who ended up hurting? I think he hurt his knee. Yeah, he's supposed and to be he back. Was, yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be back. They were trying to get Dalvin Cook, um, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Miami may get him, and that would make Miami uh, a whoo. That make Miami even tougher. Um, but Aaron Rodgers has still got it, and he got that that young receiver uh, for the Jets who he, he compared to Devontae Adams and and uh, the Raiders. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Backs. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. 
And those and Sauce, you know, Sauce Gardner, those guys were rookies last year playing starters, being starters. And they had really productive seasons. So now you put a veteran quarterback who knows how to win. Because, you know, their their quarterback they drafted out of BYU, uh, Zach Wilson. I don't want to say he's a bus mark. But he's pretty I think close. The too, I think the kid's <laughs> he's talented. Right there. I think he's talented. I think he's 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 one of these kids, like this younger generation, that wants to cut corners. They know they were good at one level. They don't feel like they have to work on their game. So they don't work on their game. They want to be gunslingers. You know, he went out there throwing balls all over the place, and it cost him his job, not being prepared, mentally prepared. Now you're in the same quarterback room with a Hall of Famer. He's going to show you how to do it the right way. He's going to show you how to prepare. He's going to show you how to get out there and compete. So it's only going to help him later on. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers still is a winner in this league. He's going to elevate your team to another level. Dogs sound like Tom they're Brady. Tom Brady. What do you do in Tampa? So same year. They started off slow. They went to the Super Bowl. Your dogs sound hungry, Stacey. It must be dinner time at the King House. Hey, listen. You know what? It's physical wrestling conversation over here right now. We're training. We're doing their, their training. So when somebody tries to walk into, you know, walk into the the, the crib, they're yeah. ready to go. This is their training. They do this every day, probably around six o'clock. This is their training session. Yeah. They only fight for about about fifteen minutes, and then they pass out. My money's on Kobe. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that one. <laughs> but, but if you could actually see this fight right now. You know, it's like mutual Omaha Wild Kingdom. It's like two lions, two little lions, and they're going at it. That's one thing about bullies. They're like yeah. they're like linebackers. When they hit, they hit head up, and they're, they're banging. I, I like to see it. I, ooh, I love these little dogs. Now the breath, the meat farts, it's just got to be great. Oh, yeah. No, they, you know what? they don't do that anymore. I changed their diet. They're not eating raw anymore. Oh, oh good, good. That's nice. Yeah, so, I mean, but I mean, I'm not going to lie, though. The dog farts still stink, <laughs> but, they're, but they're not, they're not as, they're not as lethal as, as the other ones we had. Remember you when know? they were in studio, Mark? We couldn't even finish I the know. show. It was, you know what? It, it's easy to blame the dog, Tim, when you did it. Okay, so I'm not gonna let you keep putting the blame on my dogs because you were eating, you were eating uh, some kind of taco salad or something with black beans. So don't sit up here and try to blame my dog. I am not gonna let you out, my dogs. Well, it was nice. It was nice for the cover ups. I will admit that <laughs> they were puppies. Don't don't do that. Hey guys, listen. The next time we see Tim, hey, you ever see that movie? What was that movie? What's that movie Hollywood with Brad Pitt? What was it called? Sick Balls. Yeah, or are you talking about uh, Once Upon a Time Once in Hollywood? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time on yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. Well, I've trained my dogs. I've trained my dogs. So when they see sick Tim, balls. a little red sick balls, and they're going to jump up and bite him in a crotch. <laughs> so you got that to look It's a whistle. Yeah. It's a whistle. Nice. No? Okay, not me. Oh, okay, here, here, here. Not excited. Ready. They're ready. Yeah, they're ready oh, for right, boys. Hey, heal, heal, heal. No need. No need, guys. Tim's not here yet. Or they see you on the screen. We're going to take another quick time out. We're going to talk more about the uh, Northwestern ongoing situation with the hazing scandal. Oh, and we'll also man. give you some recommendations on what to watch. We've been talking about that. We've got some good ones for you. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Hope you enjoyed our NFL talk. Now we'll talk a little college football. Unfortunately, it's not the action on the field. It's what's going on at Northwestern, and it continues to get worse. Tim, I know you've been following this story pretty closely. A number of players have retained counsel, filing lawsuits against the university, against Pat Fitzgerald and other personnel with the school. 
you know, saying that they did not protect the student athletes. And, and this is a story that's not going to go away anytime soon. I just saw something we are taping on a Thursday evening, saw a story from USA Today that said the, the associate head coach actually witnessed some of this hazing that was going on during the Camp Kenosha that they always have in preseason. And it just seems like every day brings new revelations. And, and, and it's going to be difficult to maintain the quality of the program. You know, they're talking about a, building a new stadium, uh, yeah. you know, trying to compete against all these powerhouse teams in the Big Ten. And you're going to have players fleeing left and right in the transfer portal. I, I don't know what kind of team they're going to be able to field this season. Yeah, can they hold on to anybody? And uh, I don't know if Wanstad could be the guy to do that, but um, I don't know if you heard Greenberg the other day on the radio talking about this as an alumni as well, and that uh, I felt the same way as him. will always bleed purple, and I'm sure Mike Wilbon, if we have him on again, would have the same sentiments. So I think they'll have the, still the support of the alumni and uh, guys like Pat Ryan, who's supporting the building of that stadium. So, um, yeah, they'll rebuild there's still going to be a lot of students that say I'm an athlete, but I want a great education and uh, they'll still come to the, the city by the lake. Well, Stacy, you know, we, we've heard some of the details coming out and now it's not just John Doe. It's players are coming in front of TV cameras and telling their own stories, you know, to, telling uh, tales of sexually toned uh, hazing that's going on. And, and so many of this uh, stories involve, you know, naked pull-ups and, and, and just oh, dehumanizing type things that, you know, for, for certain personalities, those could be experiences that could affect them the rest of their lives, not just during their football careers. Well, I, I commend those young men for, for, you know, coming out and stepping out and having the strength to tell their story because, you know, at first you were just getting player X, Y, right. and you know, comments. And, you know, I'm glad that they came out, you know, um, they needed to put the face to it. They need to be strong and, and stand up because, you know, that's something that no one wants to, to let the world know happened to them. You know what I'm saying? Right. As a, as a man, as, as a, as a guy, you know, we're all masculine. You know what I'm saying? We all have, we have this ego that we're, you know, especially sports guys, like that just doesn't go on. Like I've never I've never been part of a locker room I've ever played in where guys did that. Like there's guys that put, you know, uh, itching powder in your jock, that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. We can deal with that. You know, I got to walk around scratching myself for three hours in practice and I didn't even know it was in there, but they do that kind of stuff. Kicking the balls up in the stands, freshmen go get it, you know? Uh, but, but this, this, you know, demasculizing people and, 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 you know, sexually based on sexual assault, you know, right. you're sexually assaulting someone and well, the human to do it. was, that was utterly yeah. bizarre. But some I mean, what, that didn't what, happen, what does so that say about your team? What does that say about your coaches? If you got those kind of players that are going to be imposing their will on people, they look at as being beneath them. You know, you got, you got leaders on that team. Where are the leaders? Where are the, the captains of the team? You, you're given the C on that team to, to help in the locker room when the coaches can't be there. So where were those guys, those upperclassmen who, who are leaders? Where are those guys? You're in a school where it's basically, you know, you're there as a leader. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're there to get education. You're the future of generations. You're there for a reason. Where are the leaders? Where are the assistant coaches? Where's the trainer? Where's the equipment managers? 
where are all these people? Because there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes of college athletics. There's a lot of people involved. It's not just a bunch of kids running around. There's there's trainers. There's tons of trainers because when you got a big program, you probably got about 10, 12 trainers. You got equipment managers. You got assistant coaches. You got graduate assistants. Where are these people? So you can't tell me Pat Fitzgerald did not know what's going on because a graduate assistant could come up to him and say, Coach Fitzgerald, they're really doing some weird stuff in that locker room. You need to, you need to take a look at it. They're, they're really doing some stuff that I don't think you would approve of. Come on, man. Is this another Penn State situation where coaches knew and then turn a blind eye like, okay, he's my friend. This is my guy. I'm not, I've known him for 30 years. I'm not going to say anything to him. Come on, man. That, that's ridiculous. And it's an embarrassment to Northwestern because Northwestern is looked at as being one of the, the best educational institutions in the country. Forget sports. No one, they don't care about sports. Okay. The education value you get there is, is be- better than most schools in this country. So to see that happen at the university, that's a black eye. And it, it may take a while for them to, to recover from this. You know, especially with social media and all the stuff that you have now, man, boy, I, ooh, the president's going to get involved. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to answer for this. Yeah, and, and now we're get hearing reports that this culture of hazing goes back to the late 1990s and early 2000s when Randy Walker was the head mm-hmm. coach. And, of course, Pat Fitzgerald played for Gary Barnett when they went to the Rose Bowl in the mid-90s. And he was later an assistant coach on the staff of Randy Walker. And I know from talking to Fitz, he idolized Coach Walk, who tragically passed away, you know, uh, before a football season at a very young age. And and then Fitz stepped in and took over the program. But, you know, to, to hear that this may have gone back to the late 1990s unchecked and just getting stronger and stronger and becoming a fabric of the program is, is terrifying. Bizarre. And it could be just the... The cap coming off here, other programs start to unravel. Here oh, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a trickle-down effect to the rest of the universities because this this is a, this is an eyesore. So if it's going on in Northwestern, believe me, it's going on in other universities. They're just not hearing about it. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to draw more attention because now you're going to see other kids from different programs step up and say, hey, that happened to us. Tell me that's not going to happen. It's going to happen. So – I think the NCAA got to prepare themselves because this might open up a Pandora's box. It's not just happening in women's gymnastics. You know, you all oh, the women's gymnastics, they only happen to women. It's happening to guys too. And so this has opened up the eyes of probably the NCAA uh, parents. Because I said it last week. How do you, if, if I got a son going to play football, I'm trusting the University of Northwestern. I'm trusting Pat Fitzgerald and the coaching staff to take care of my son. I don't care. I, of course, I want him to play, but I want him to be a man. I want him to graduate. I want him to walk out of there with a degree. I want him to walk out there a better man than when he came in. He came in as a boy. I want him to come out as a man. And you think about those kids that were violated. How do their parents feel? How do those kids feel? And now their face is out there. So they're going to get ridiculed. You know, not, not only are you going to get support because it's going to be double-edged sword. They're going to get support from people and there's going to be, be people who are ignorant and stupid and they're going to make lewd comments to these guys and blame them for what happened and call them all kind of names. Man, that's some tough stuff to go through for a young man to have to go through. It's tough. And I commend those guys 
for doing what they're doing. They're very strong young men. And, um, and they, you know, they bonded together throughout this. And, you know, now they opened up the eyes to the NCAA to say, Hey, maybe there's other programs like this and they're doing this. So if this, if this stops other programs from doing it, great. Yeah. Tim mentioned, uh, Dave Wanstead uh, earlier as we started this discussion and, Dave Wanstead was approached by Northwestern, uh, taking a role within the football program, serving as kind of a senior consultant to try to help out the interim head coach. And uh, Dave decided not to take that opportunity, obviously not uh, feeling comfortable with what's going on there. And and you can certainly understand it. Dave coached uh, at Miami. He coached at Pittsburgh on the college level. And, you know, he he didn't want to be involved in any way, shape, or form with that. We had Dave as a guest on the show about six weeks ago, so we encourage you to check that out. It was a really interesting conversation with Dave Wanstead. We're going to switch gears a little bit to have a little bit of fun at the end of the show, talk about some of the things we've been watching. And this week's What, what Are We Watching is sponsored by Bigger's Mazda. Their sizzling Biggers. new Elgin location at Randall Road is the biggest Mazda store in Illinois. Biggers is offering a bottle of Stacy's Signature Hot Sauce with first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. It's your choice, everything from the coolest SUVs to the stunning Miata. So join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin. It's Bigger's Mazda. Cisco, you've been back to take a test drive? Uh, yeah. Did you get your hot sauce? Every week. <laughs> Every week. He comes with a different hat on, a different, a different tight shirt. <laughs> he's got a nice shirt on today. Yeah, he's went Hawaiian. Let me see. Can we flash I, I think, it over there? Can we- are those marijuana plants? What has he got going on there? Best part is we pulled in early today. Yeah. And Cisco had pulled in. Rich gets out and slaps his window. Oh, there he is. Look at that shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Last time I saw that shirt was on Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> He's like, who's that? Like, Cisco's always a good sport, part of the Sriracha crew. That's there. my guy. So That's my guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about things we're watching. Uh, I'll start it off this week. Um, you know, Jack Ryan came to a close of the, the fourth season. Did you finish it up, Tim? No, I'm still in the first season. You know, the funny thing is about Jack Ryan. Of course, the lead character is John Krasinski, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yes. Played Jim in The Office. So now, now he's almost like a James Bond character, you know, as a, as yeah. a CIA Yeah, he's also in 13 Hours. Yeah. Did you see 13 Hours? Yeah, he was great in that. But every time you he was see great man. every time you see John Krasinski, you expect him to make that look right at the camera and smirk, yeah. you know, during <laughs> yeah. during this high-powered <laughs> pursuit yeah. of criminals, you know. Yeah. That'd be hilarious if he had done that. Just at do some it point, once, you know. He's firing a gun and he just looks at the camera and smirks. Yeah, Th- that'd have been a great take. The other thing I've been watching, Stacy, you might be interested in checking this out. There's a three-part documentary on Showtime called Goliath about the life of Wilt Chamberlain, and and because. Wilt played before the advent of, you know, every game on television. Uh, it was an eight-team league when he and Bill Russell were going to battle. People don't know much about Wilt Chamberlain, other about the fact that he supposedly said he betted 25,000 women. You he was know, the but, original John Holmes. But, <laughs> but Wilt Chamberlain was a guy who ran track in college. He played for the Harlem Globetrotters. He was, you know, people talk about Victor Wembanyama and all, all of his great physical attributes. Wilt Chamberlain was a freak of nature, Stacey. Complete freak. Yes. Fries, yes. Maybe he, freak's he, the wrong word to use. Yeah, not wrong word fr- to he use. He was freaky. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was freaking. He was a freaking great athlete. Uh, how many times can we use the word, make up a different word for freaking uh, with Wilt Chamberlain involved? Is no, he, but seriously, though, no, he, he was a tremendous athlete. He, uh, 
not only he ran track, he did high jump, long jump. <laughs> I then, think he dabbled in boxing. And right? he's like, another he professional. Kind of uh, he's, he's in two Wrestling. Hall of Fames. He's also yeah. in the Volleyball Hall of Fame. Yeah, so Chuck- yes, he was all he was all American volleyball player. Like he was an extraordinary dude, man. And um probably probably passed away too soon. Um, but man, I mean, when you talk about great players, you know, you talk about guys who changed the game, you know, and they, they widened the lane out from him. They had the rule he couldn't dunk because yeah. he was so dominant. Um you know, I mean, just so many. And then he has a record because we see all the records that have been there now. We're like, oh, they'll never be broken. They're breaking the records now. All the guys are breaking the records now. But ain't nobody breaking that 105. Or was it 101, 105? What is it? 100. 101 100. 100. 100. 100. Yeah. Ain't nobody breaking that. No. No chance. Ain't nobody breaking that. Yeah. Kobe yeah. was the closest. Kobe was the closest. Was 80, 81. I think 81. 81, yeah. You know, when people you know, come and, up with these all-time greatest lists, they always leave Will Chamberlain off. And if, crazy. if you go back and do your homework oh. and look at his numbers and look at some of the old footage, this guy just towered over people. He had also I, had I a 48-inch totally, vertical at that height. He was just incredible. I mean, you, when you look at the documentary and the video of him just dunking over the top of these people, did, he just so did they show power. Arnold he, talking about gotta, lifting he, with he, him? He, what he bench pressed? He's got to be considered... <laughs> He's got to be considered like one of the greatest players of all time. Like his name's got to be in that GOAT discussion. And I know a lot of people, you know, this generation probably never seen him, you know, never saw what kind of, but if they did a, if they did a really good documentary on it and just on his play and how he changed the game and what rules were in place before he came and then what rules were changed after yeah, he would get the credit he deserves. I mean, you know, same thing with, I mean, there's a lot of guys in, the, in during those years. I mean, Oscar Robinson, yeah. you know, averaging a, averaging a triple-double in the whole year. Now we've seen uh, Russell do it. But that was a record that stood for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, plus he, was a, plus he was an actor. He was a bodybuilder. Like, there were so many. He was, I mean, the not barbarian. to mention he was, he was a, the, the movie The Ladies Man, I think, was created uh, for him. But it was uh, what's the guy's name? Tim uh, Meadows. Tim Meadows. Meadows. He was too short. Yeah. They should have had a yeah. tall guy. They should have <laughs> went and got like you know probably get somebody like seven feet tall to be the ladies' man. Yeah, because the stories that the stories he did is legendary. Yeah, they spent a lot of time in the documentary uh, talking about his exploits with women, and a lot of the women were interviewed during the piece. So it was it was fun. It was a fun mm. watch. Well, Whispers, what do you got for the folks this week? I've been watching a uh, quarterback. Yeah, it's a documentary. It's it's very well done, and uh, I mean, it's it's perspective of three totally different types of quarterbacks and three different situations and where they are in their careers. Uh, of course, you know Patrick Mahomes is going to look great, um, but what's interesting is Kirk Cousins comes across very very well, and uh, all three of them the amount of you prep like work. that you like that you like that <laughs> how do you like that yeah when they, they play that clip in they, there? they showed how that came about when, oh, okay. he, when he when he came in for rg3 and yeah and wins this comeback game and running past the cameras you like that and then people start wearing the shirts and stuff but uh his prep work and what he goes through to uh and then playing hurt uh i had a whole new respect for him so it's it's well done um and then uh after that Bar. Yeah, I watched that. No, oh, yeah, it's, it's great. No, <laughs> Arnold's a CIA yeah, the agent with his daughter, daughter. Relationship angle, it was, yeah, it was good. They did a and, nice job with it. There was some that, good laughs uh, in there too. The uh, comedian, the uh, chubby uh, lesbian girl, she just 
she just kills me. Right. She is so funny. I mean, her comments. Who? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember her name offhand. Um, uh, she's a stand-up comedian, but she does a lot of acting stuff too. But she's just great at delivering the right lines, and especially with Arnold. Uh, and he does his classic lines like, you know, electrocute somebody and say, oh, you look shocked to see me. <laughs> yeah, so, so both uh, the quarterback documentary and FUBAR, you can find those on Netflix. Check them out. Stacy. what you got for us? You know what? I've gone back and went back to the blast from the past. I decided to watch Boardwalk and see my man, Nucky Thompson. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, that is a if no one if you have not seen Boardwalk America, make sure you check it out. That and The Sopranos were two of the HBO and The Wire. Those three shows are like. Just unbelievable shows. So I went back and watched that. I finished it up yesterday. And, you know, my favorite character, you know, is uh, Chalky White. Yeah, right. you know, that's my guy. Uh, Richard, Richard Harrell, the guy with the heart mask, heart face. And then, and then Tim's character, uh, uh, Nucky Thompson. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> Tim, Steve Tim, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's Tim. <laughs> Tim is Steve Buscemi. Yeah, a man of many little talents. Weasel. Yeah, little weasel. <laughs> little weasel. He's a guy, little weasel. Guy ran an empire. So you yeah, got that he, part he right. You got it at the end. You got it at the end, brother. It yeah. wasn't the same empire. Well, that's what happens. Hey, I understand yeah, you. You, you, you saw our buddy Mike earlier this week. How's Mike doing? Oh, baby, Mike is back, baby. Mike, <laughs> hey, listen. Shout out to Mike. He went all the way to London to see the boss and then see Billy Joel. They're both playing together because they're friends. Mike's back went out. Okay. His back went out. He couldn't go to the concert. He had to stay in his hotel room. Was that the double the twins that did it to him? No, I, you know what? I told him to stop trying to be so freaky and swinging from <laughs> chandeliers and then trying to do a dismount. Okay. And his back went out. And <laughs> he was, he, he, I feel bad for him because, he, you know, he, he's a big Bruce Springsteen fan. And to go all the way over the pond to catch him on the show. Uh, and then get your back, go out. And he flew business class. So he didn't like he was flying down there with the monkeys and the dogs and stuff. You know, he had a, he, he had yes. a good, he had a good seat, Mark. Yeah. You know, he, hey, hey, don't sleep. Don't, hey, don't sleep on, on Mike and the money. Boy. Mike, I call him money Mike because he got money. So his back went out, didn't get to see it. Flew back home. His back is better now. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back. Both of us will be back next week. I'll be back and you've been giving our audio guy Ben a ride and he took the train he got stuck on the tracks in Arlington Heights we had to go rescue him listen you know what Ben that's my boy man yeah. I, I felt bad about that today we had to send out a search party to go get him that's right sit <laughs> like, a posse like, out there Ben, ben threw up a Ben threw up his uh, a little Batman signal with his face <laughs> on it and we saw it and we had to go pick him up so we're yeah. glad he, we glad he got there because if he's not there, baby, the sound ain't working. Yeah, because he'll he'll be getting the, uh, the charter limousine service next week with Micah. <laughs> shout out, control. shout out to Ben. Shout out to Ben, his twin, and Oklahoma State Cowboys. What's <laughs> up? Yeah, we had John Starks on last week. If you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you do because Stacy, <laughs> Stacy, and Starks <laughs> were going at it. it. Starks was still making excuses about the '93 Eastern Conference Finals. The Knicks were up two nothing. They choked it away, and he blamed it on TV and changing the schedule of the games. That was one of the oh weakest arguments God. I've ever heard. That was hilarious. That yeah. was hilarious. So I was like, "Is he really going to make that excuse? <laughs> like they, like they, like they changed the schedule to help us? Yeah, like dude." 
Okay, so okay, let's say they did. Okay, let's just say they did that. That's okay? seven months in advance. Okay. But you were up 2-0. You dominated us. 2-0. So you yeah. got all the confidence in the world. You beat us in Chicago that year. So you got all the confidence in the world. I know they were talking, you know, trash. Like, yeah, oh, moving back two weeks, we're still gonna <laughs> give it to you. You know, I know they were talking trash. Okay. So so then you come to Chicago and we just pulled your pants down, smacked you in your butt. <laughs> Okay, hey, we easy. go back. We Can't go say back that these days. Hey, well, yeah, you can't. No, oh, oh, well, we open a can of whoop ass. So we we dominate you Same in Chicago. Thing. We go back. We go back to New York, and you guys have Game Five at home. You got you you got at least two games at home. It's the best of three now. Your boy Charles Smith, who's a friend of mine, missed eighteen layups. They were we. I'm telling you, hey. We was beating that shot up like Michael Jackson's beat it. Beat it. Beat it. <laughs> beat it. Okay. We win the game. And Mark, when I tell you, you could have heard a pin drop. Yeah. Like you couldn't hear nobody talking. All you heard was us yelling. We won. It's over. The series is over. And all the New York fans, <gasps> yeah. you know, they were sounding like they were, they just, the, the gas is out of it. So then they come back to Chicago. They have a good start in the first quarter. We let them think they were going to win. And then we put the hammer on them. And that was the end. Okay. Yeah. And the only reason why they got to the finals against a, a bad call on Scottie Pippen, uh, uh, Hugh Hollins, the phantom foul on Hubert Davis. That was the only reason why they got to the finals and MJ wasn't on that team because nobody ate when MJ was playing. Okay. Yeah. His, full, his, his plate was always full. You couldn't come to our table and say, hey, you think I can get a chicken wig? No, <laughs> no, you're not eating tonight. Go to your room. That's how much we dominated the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Yeah, and when I went back and listened to the show, Starks started to say that Charles Smith was fouled, and then he, he caught himself. <laughs> Even he couldn't say that Charles Smith no, was fouled. He, he, there was no foul. There was no fouls. That, that did, listen, I like Charles, but he, he, you know, pressure burst pipes. Yeah. In that situation, you got a chance to win the game. Right. And you got a bunch of you got a bunch of Dobermans on your ass. And we hacking, we smacking, we slapping everything. You got Scotty Pippen out there like an octopus with like eight arms. Horace smacking Grant, the balls. Yeah. And then you got MJ. I mean, come on, dude. Horace Grant. No, it yeah. ain't happening. And that's so. when that guy in his boat from Chicago went by and just about capsized. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go back and yeah. check it out. There might have been show. Michael Jordan on his boat. He might have tried to yeah, sink it. Might have been Jordan. Yeah. His yacht. So Stacy's Stacy's working on some great guests coming up. We're not gonna uh, you know give you the list right now, but he's got some A list people coming up uh, late July, early August, and we're looking forward to doing those shows. Before long, it'll be time for basketball training camp again, and we'll keep you entertained throughout the summer. We're going to be talking a lot of football because we're all optimistic about what the Bears have going as they get ready for training camp. And we, Stacy's got some basketball guys lined up as well. So make sure you always check us out. The Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast and brand new show coming out every week. Tim, you want to read the Windy City Limousine ad? Tell the folks yes. how they can get their ride. Because he does such a good job on these days. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, man. Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Make a reservation so easy. It's a slam dunk. Uh, okay. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get to your destination in style and on time. Contact us, 847-916-9300. I won't say 9300 again because Mark will break down that number for me. <laughs> That's 847-916-9300.
Nice. That was that was that was much better. That was the energy Um, and effort was there. I, I, you know, if I was if I was going to rate that between zero being the worst and (laughs) ten being the best. I'm 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 ready to a, a negative five. <laughs> well, I took a YouTube it's class. It's zero. Hey, it's quiet in your house now. The dogs are sleeping again. I told you the fight is they over. Fight for about fifteen minutes. It's over. They They're train. Done. Yeah. They train fifteen minutes hard, and then yeah. they they pass out. All right. That's bulldog for you. <laughs> hey, Stacy, we're glad that you look great. You're feeling good. Uh, we look forward to having you back in studio real soon. Looking forward to it, boys. I'll see y'all next week. Stacy King, the star of the show on Give Me the Hot Sauce. I want to thank the Sriracha crew for their hard efforts uh, coming in today, the great work they're doing, and a brand new show coming at you next week. So time to play us out, man. Stacy. Oh, Drive home safely. and done.